Well, writing a biography of my father, Tom Malin, um, I should make clear it's also a biography about my mother, Muriel, 1925 to 2002, who was an artist and teacher. Muriel Grace George was born in Chicago in 1925. Her birth certificate had a tiny footprint on it. She was born to a British plasterer, Harold, and his wife Ruth, who had emigrated to the Windy City in the early 1920s. Skyscrapers were going up fast, and he was a skilled plasterer. However, at the end of the decade came the Wall Street crash, with the Depression to follow. Mum was nearly four when they made the journey back home to London. Her only memory of the United States was waving goodbye to the Statue of Liberty from the ship. The ice cream lady, she called the statue. Back in England in 1929, Muriel was told off for using American phrases such as You cute little bugger. I don't know how they came by it, but her family had a council house on the huge Downham estate south of Lewisham. This was a massive state-funded housing programme, 6,000 houses and flats. Here Muriel was brought up with her sister Shirley, who was born in 1931. I'd wondered why my mother always looked so cheerful as a girl, even in her teens. I think there were two reasons for this. She was very close to her mother Ruth and all the schools she attended served only the children from the estate. So, those she went to school with, she lived alongside and I'm sure there were many friendships. More than this, for the 1930s, these elementary schools provided a relatively good education. In the Downham Central School magazine 1939, are these entries from the previous school year. April 26, commencement of new term. Full of high resolutions about good handwriting, neat books, seemly conduct, etc. April the 29th, some of Tuesday's resolutions already broken. No one displayed such humour at my schools in the 1960s, so I guess Downham Central was decades ahead of silly Suffolk. And what did the girls and boys of 1938-9 to get up to in this London school? Beyond the three R's, there was an abundance of sports and drama. The girls even attended a dairy show at the Olympia and scoffed lots and lots of ice cream. While some went off to see a Shakespeare play at the Old Vic, for example, others enjoyed a fancy dress party at Goldsmiths College. Yet something overshadowed all school life, particularly in London. Would there be war? In 1938, anxious parents gathered with teachers to discuss evacuation measures, but as we now know, there was peace in our time and war was postponed a year. In 1939, the school year began in April rather than in, in September, so it was that in March, Muriel won a scholarship to study art at the nearby Woolwich Polytechnic School of Art. She was just 14. Mum scurried home to tell her good news. She found her father there with grandmother and a neighbour. They'd 
just been to the shops. Muriel pressed the letter into her father's hand. I've won a scholarship. Harold looked at the letter, put it down, and from a bag pulled a roll of wallpaper. Look at this lovely wallpaper. We just got it from Woolwich. <laughs> what well, look lovely in here. Still, her mother Ruth approved of Muriel's scholarship. So before the summer, she was studying art in Woolwich, only for war to play its part that autumn. It was decided that the whole of the Woolwich Polytechnic School of Art would be evacuated out of London to go to Kent. So uh, they were out of the city, but I suppose close enough to stay in touch with their families. Yet, in effect, it meant that my mother left home at 14, happy to be off the estate among a diverse group of youngsters. From Woolwich, Muriel continued her studies at the Central School of Art. In 1944, her beloved mum, Ruth, died. Domestic pressure was applied, but Muriel refused to return home to look after her father, Harold. Muriel probably completed her training in 1945, I'm not sure, but she had a strong group of friends in South London. What was she going to do with, you know, a certificate in art, a degree in art? My brother jokingly called where she lived as a communist cell. It is true her best friend Dorothy Nadine was a communist. She advised Muriel that teaching was a good avenue and suggested she took up a post in Kiwanity Free School in Scotland to gain some experience. And what experience? So offset my mum to Scotland. She loved the school, which was run by John and Marag Aitkenhead. It was more rugged than A.S. Neil's Summerhill Free School in Suffolk. The philosophy was basically something like this. It's fine to dip your toe in the sea of learning, but if you want to swim, then you'll all have to commit yourself to swimming. Example, yes, children can make a toy boat, but... How about building a proper boat that the whole of the school could get into? So, through de democratic decision-making among children and staff alike, a dream would become a plan, and a plan a seaworthy vessel, with all the uh, learning attached um, in every sphere. Children and staff took over the entire running of the school, from cleaning and cooking as much as part uh, of school life as books. Muriel was voluntary and paid only in sanitary wear and soap, she told me with relish. Unfortunately, she got some sort of dysentery and had to come back to London for treatment after a year at the school. Yet this was the year that changed her life. Art school and the war had taken her away from her family, but she lived with a compromise. Rather than train in painting, fine art, she trained in illustration. It wasn't until the early 1970s that she finally broke with this compromise and felt free and confident enough to paint. In 1947, she took classes at the Central with Keith Vaughan and worked at the Anglo-French Art Centre Café. She went on a blind date with an artist at the Centre. He wore a broad-rimmed 
black hat, thick dark glasses, had long black hair and beard, and looked fifty. He turned out to be younger than herself, and he was my dad, Tom. <laughs> 